I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I need your help. Uh, Before we get into this subject, I want to just share with you a few options, and I want you to uh, grab your cell phone, if you can do so safely. If you're driving, you better not touch your phone. Don't you? I don't want you texting while driving, and I sure as heck don't want it uh, coming on my account. All right, so if you are, if you're stationary, and if you can safely do so, uh, grab your cell phone, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I want you to uh, consider uh, daylight saving time. Daylight saving time. We, uh, November 1st, I think, uh, this year, we fall back. uh, And I want to know what you think. Should we continue uh, this status quo of bouncing back and forth, daylight saving time, standard time, uh, back and forth, spring forward, fall back? Or should we maybe adopt either standard time year-round or daylight saving time year-round? And share with me some of your thoughts. This is, uh, oddly enough, in this business of talk radio, this is a subject uh, that, that people uh, sink their teeth right into and hold very strong opinions about. And uh, in just a moment, I'll tell you why uh, we're discussing this again. But uh, before we get there, 57500, please send me a text. Uh, where would you like to see uh, the daylight saving time go? Uh, here, the first text to come in already. It says it needs to go. No use for it. Well, it turns out that that view is one held by many. Uh, senator Orrin Hatch, former Senator Hatch, he has uh, written a long essay which has been published just today in, or yesterday rather, in Time magazine. Uh, the headline reads, Daylight Saving Time Should Be Permanent. The Pandemic Shows Us Why. I'll share with you his rationale first, but let me, uh, before we get to that, uh, kind of roll back the hands of time a little bit, and I'll tell you that one of the last uh, press releases that I sent out. I was a congressional aide, if you if you recall me uh, bragging about uh, earlier. Uh, I was a congressional aide in Washington, D.C., and my job uh, was director of communications. I worked for uh, Congressman Rob Bishop, uh, and one of his uh, efforts when uh, last year, before I had left, he was uh, trying to introduce, well, he did, he, he tried to pass legislation uh, that would impact daylight saving time. Uh, but it would do so in a way that would uh, allow states to make uh, the decision about how time will be observed. What the legislation allowed for was states to determine whether they would continue under the status quo, that's the back and forth, back and forth, or operate year-round under daylight saving time or operate year-round under standard time. The thing is, right now, states are prohibited from operating year-round 
daylight saving time. Uh, so here, here's Congressman Bishop introducing that piece of legislation. For any student of federalism, this is a no-brainer. The range of industry and lifestyle is so varied across our country, it only makes sense for states to have the ability to set their watches the way they best see fit. The Daylight Act simply allows states the freedom to pursue one of the three options. Um, This bill will not force any action nor compel a state to take any action. Quite simply, this gives people the flexibility to do what they want. We are reinforcing the state's power to govern by loosening the grip held by the federal government. Senator Hatch would like to see things taken uh, a step further, calling for daylight saving time to be made permanent. The the texts are coming in fast and furious right now. We'll get to Hatch in a second. Let me tell you uh, what the texters are saying. Uh, I hate the transition, but maybe keep DST, daylight saving time, all year. Here's one that says we should stay on standard time year-round. Uh, next, no daylight saving time. Uh, year-round, wake up with the sun time. Forget watches. <laughs> uh, please, please, please be done with daylight saving. Uh, at this point, I don't care which one we choose, but let's pick a time and stick with it all year. Uh, another texter says standard time year-round. Uh, and then this this person points out uh, very accurately, this question gets asked over and over and over again. In Utah, the large majority wants daylight saving time. I, I agree with that. And as a, a former staffer who worked on this piece of legislation I just shared with you from Congressman Bishop, I, I know this to be true. I have seen stacks and stacks of emails uh, communicating exactly this point. Uh, another one, eliminate spring forward fallback Pick one. Quit debating it. Another one, don't care which. Just quit changing the clock. Uh, I hate changing. Pick one and stick with it. Uh, well, that's th- th- that. I-, I agree with that. I would like uh, to halt the back and forth, and I would like, uh, as uh, does Senator Hatch, I would like us to stick with uh, daylight saving time. Uh, and he makes uh, a number of points uh, on that front. He talks also about the history. There has been, as you may know, a, a misconception about daylight saving time. That it was invented for farmers, right, to give more daylight hours uh, for the people working on the farm. That that's not true. That that's that's inaccurate. Uh, and the, the the real reasons behind it have almost always been about uh, saving money and the economy. There are instances uh, across the globe of countries uh, attempting this. Uh, here in the United States, uh, we gave it our, our first shot in uh, around World War One. And that was uh, really in an effort to create more daylight time after the workday so that people could, uh, or at least may be, uh, more incentivized to, to do some shopping. Uh, when it's dark out, that's time to go home. If uh, there is light after the workday or after the school day or after the chores are done, uh, there is more incentive to be uh, out and about spending money. And as we talked about in an earlier segment today, money moving around in the economy is a good thing. While saving it is good for you and me as individuals, uh, everyone benefits. The economy at large benefits if we have money moving around. And so daylight saving time, a little more uh, daylight in the uh, afternoon and evening hours uh, was uh, put in place uh, to to spur on a little bit uh, of economic movement. Now, uh, the argument for making this comes directly now from uh, former Senator Hatch's uh, essay in Time magazine. The argument for making daylight saving time permanent is strong in a normal year. But amid a global pandemic, it's stronger than ever. Listen to this. Our society is staring down the barrel of a mental health disaster unseen in our lifetimes. 
Since the lockdown began, the number of adults reporting symptoms of anxiety and depression has more than tripled. Compounding the crisis is an economy in shambles. COVID-19 has destroyed an estimated 30 million jobs since March, and unemployment today sits at 8.4%. Senator Hatch uh, believes that daylight saving time year-round would remedy all of this and more. Uh, Time has expired for me. I invite you to make your way over to my Facebook page where you can read uh, this entire essay, uh, and I would still invite your text messages. They They are flying in here. Standard time should be the standard. Uh, That's what Amber has to say. Uh, It needs to go. Why are you even talking about it? We know uh, it'll never change. The topic is exhausting, uh, but it needs to go away. Well, maybe, maybe if you and I talk about it just enough, the right people will hear uh, and and the right ballots will be cast and we'll be able to enjoy things the way we'd like to. Uh, Quick break right now. When we return, my guest, Governor Gary Herbert, we're going to talk about schools. We're going to talk about wind. We're going to talk about the coronavirus. That's all ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. And this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.